great grace to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and from his Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace and truth that comes in this day to dwell in us and among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As has been pointed out, I am not Pastor Zach, <laughs> but I am Pastor Belton and uh, served for years on the east-southeast side of Atlanta at uh, Peace in Decatur. And you guys, it, it, I'm reminded now that, that there was a, a pastor conference when Pastor Hopped was here. Then I, you know that name? Then Hopped? <laughs> you know this name? Yeah, and, and so we, we were in a pastor's conference one, one afternoon, and I said, uh, there's a thing happening in the soffits at the church, so we've really got to get some people together to, uh, to fix the soffits uh, underneath the overhang. And uh, lo and behold, two weeks later, pastor called and said, uh, I put some men together, and they've got some tools, and we're going to come down and we're going to do that work for you. And so there were, there were eight or nine guys that, that came down in, in a couple of pickups with, with their tools and with their saws and things, and they actually fixed the saw, did a very nice job, and, and painted it up. So thank you for being so instant in ministry. Anybody here that, was, that came down the piece indicator, they helped put that up there, any men? Well, we, we very much uh, appreciate the, uh, the, the partnership. So I, I uh, served for a minute at our college in New York, Concordia, Bronxville. Hello, Pastor. God bless you, my friend. And uh, and we um, and so for a year and a half was vice president of spiritual life and did the Center for Contextual Leadership and some other work there at Concordia, New York. And uh, moved back to Atlanta, and so I'm in Atlanta now uh, doing uh, work for the Florida Georgia District on behalf of Pastor Greg Walton, our president bring you greetings from him, uh, and, and uh, as the mission person for, for Georgia. Anybody know this is the 70th anniversary of the Florida Georgia District? Anybody know that? Pass of course. And so for this 70th anniversary, uh, the, the president of our district, Greg Walton, said he'd like to take an offering, an offering that would endow uh, mission work in the district going forward. Because what the paradigm has been for districts in, for missions in the district is that a dollar would come in and then we do what? Send a dollar out. And you can only spend a dollar what? One time. And then it's gone. And, and so finally, someone came up with the idea of why don't we do an endowment and then we'll be able to endow missions going forward in, 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 uh, in perpetuity. And so, uh, Pastor Walton's vision for this 70th anniversary is a $3.5 million endowment for missions in the Florida Georgia District. And the question is, uh, how's he going to get to that figure? Well, someone, some people much smarter than I said, uh, if, if members of the Florida Georgia District would be kind enough to give a $70 gift, a uh, one-time gift of $70 each member of the Florida Georgia District, then, then we would have this $3.5 million endowment, dollar endowment out of which we could give mission grants and loans at no cost to those who were receiving them. Uh, so I just, I put that out there. I'm, I'm asking you if you will uh, go home and pray to the Lord of the harvest uh, for $70, see if he won't release $70 into your hand, and when he does, 
uh, that you would that you would think about the Florida Georgia District and the work that we're doing in missions. So we're going to try this, Isabel. Amen. Really? Amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, so just, just want you to, to do that. It's really my pleasure to, to be here this morning. Jesus, Jesus says this in John chapter uh, 14. Jesus says these words. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And he and we, me and my father, will come to him and make our home. So what we have is the opportunity to be in ourselves a home for the spirit. One of the rich blessings of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, and there are many, is that we have these seasons in which we remember uh, all of the important activities of salvation history. And so we remember how God created the heavens and the earth. We remember uh, the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We remember the children of Israel going down into Egypt. We remember the children of Israel coming out. We remember Moses. We remember the prophets. We remember uh, how Jesus came incarnate uh, to be born of the Virgin Mary. We remember uh, how Jesus then suffered, bled, and died on Calvary's cross to save us from the wages of sin and hell and death. We remember how Jesus ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And today we specifically remember how Jesus in his mercy and grace sent us what? Holy Spirit as a helper, as one who comes alongside to bless us and to sustain us, to make his home with us. You know, I, I think I see in Genesis 11, in this uh, whole tower story, where men attempted to build a home for themselves that would reach into heaven to challenge the authority, the majesty, the power, the ascendant grace of the Father. Building it up into the heavens. Truth is that no tower will ever reach that high. <laughs> but our intentions can. Our intention to challenge God. Our intention to, to kind of war against the Father. And, and if you're honest and confess, sometimes don't we all do that? Just erect our little idols and live in our little idols. And live in our things that, in which we would, we would challenge uh, the authority of God the Father. The motivation for the challenge is not our love for God, but rather our love for ourselves. I'm kind of fond of God, but I really love me. Right? I'm kind of fond of I appreciate everything God's done, but I'm really, really grateful for what I can do for myself. That's, that's the motivation for building this tower. Not a desire to participate in the destiny and plan of God, but rather to fulfill and complete my own desire, my own plan for my salvation. God's agenda is null and void. Have my own agenda. And what God wants is to get me on board with his plan at the end of the day. But for me to build my own plans happens all too often. Despite what we say, our love for the Father and his agenda just ends up lacking. Our words and our actions are all too often very much at odds. We do not do the good that we would like to do. I love you, Lord, but I want it my way. I love you, Lord. Sunday morning, it's 1130. Lots of love for you today. 
Well, I'm not sure about Monday through Saturday. I'm not sure about how I'm supposed to love you at school. That's supposed, I'm, not, I'm not altogether sure about how I'm supposed to love you at work. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to love you when my spouse is acting up. Not sure how I'm supposed to love you when things aren't going well in my family. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to love you on Saturday when I'm out with the boys and girls. I'm not so sure how I'm supposed to love you when illness strikes, when scoffers come, when my job's at jeopardy. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to love you when my relationships are falling apart. I believe the report of the enemy that says, you don't love me. And in fact, you've left me. And so I no longer have regard for you. God, the enemy lies to me and says, God gave up on me. So I in turn say, I have no need for God. Is this just me or is there anybody else willing to make this confession? Every once in a while I have a real tough time with God. It's like, come on, really? This is what we're doing today? <laughs> That's why confession and absolution are so important. It's an opportunity from the Father to confess our faults, our failures, to love him, to be forgiven, to reform our behavior, to get back into right relationship with the Father. Unfortunately, even then, our behavior is not always fully reformed. We do pretty good for a while, but soon we are back to our old, unlovely stuff. And the Father knows this. He knows we need more. We need more. Jesus coming down from heaven take on our sin upon himself. That's good, but we need more. Jesus suffering on our behalf in our place on Calvary, that's good, but we need more. Jesus rising from the dead, saving us from sin, hell, and death, that's good, but the world needs, and we need more. Jesus ascending to the right hand of the Father, that's good, but the Father knows we need more. So look at the love of God our Father and how he knows our need and well supplies. Our father has the same agenda for us as he did back in Genesis 11, that we cease living for ourselves first, that we stop loving ourselves more than we love him and begin to conform our behavior to his will and to love him with our whole heart, to seek him with our whole heart and by some chance be saved. Our father knows that we need him in reality. Not only in signs and wonders and smoke and when the moon turns to blood. That stuff that scares us to death. That goofy, spooky stuff that really makes us real uncomfortable. He knows that that's good, but we need more than signs and wonders. I need a God I can touch. I need a God who, when I ask him a question, sends me an answer. I need a God who, who walks with me. I need a God who intimately knows me. And God understands I need a God who will never leave or forsake me. I need a God who I'm a, of whose presence I'm assured. So here's what he does. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That's some more. That he gives us of his spirit. Sons and daughters prophesying. Young men seeing visions, old men dreaming dreams, male and female servants in those days have the Spirit of God poured out on them, and they prophesy. And this is not goofy and spooky, uh, spiritual mumbo-jumbo. They shall prophesy. You want to hear a word of prophecy? You ready for this? A word of divine prophecy directly from the throne of God. Here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. This is prophecy. 
This is the word of God that God will fulfill. All that other mumble jumble these folks put out there is just noise and confusion. It is the word of God that is the spirit of prophecy. Our Father in his love and grace poured out his spirit upon us so that we need not have this, this, this illness, pneumatophobia. The pneuma is the spirit. Phobia is fear. We have this pneumatophobia. We have this fear of the spirit because we think that when the spirit comes in, he's going to make me do something goofy or spooky. He's, he's going to make send me to Botswana or something. He's going to make me a missionary to the inner city of Atlanta. He's going to make me walk around the belt line carrying this cross or, or some other silly thing. And that is not at all what our father does. He wants his spirit in us so that the world has demonstration that he's a God who still remains close at hand, that he didn't just wind the planet up and leave us to our own devices, but that he's still here and he's still present, that in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, when water and word applied, God is present and his spirit comes to live in us, that he's a God we can touch and taste and see as we have the bread and the wine, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Savior who comes to live in us and indwell us. I can taste him with my mouth. I can see him with my eyes. I can feel him with my hands. I can, I can house him in my body, this temple and this tabernacle. And when I do, living water flows from me to a world that's desperately in need of a manifestation from God. How do I know that God's alive in the world? Because you're in it. And his spirit lives in you. That was a hallelujah minute. You just missed it all. <laughs> you, you missed that all together. You just got to slip through that. Are you there? Here's the witness of our Jesus. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him. We'll make him. We'll make our home with him. You know, it, I, I see the, these guys in the upper room. And, and this, this Celtic theology uh, just kind of says that, that John, who's sitting next to Jesus on, on the night in which he was betrayed, um, is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? And, and one of the disciples say, ask the one who's sitting right next to Jesus, whose head lay on his breast. This is spirit talk. By the grace of God and the spirit that dwells in you, you have the capacity to rest your head on the bosom of God and to hear his heart beat for you. Isn't that good? You just, you just, you get to hear and experience the heartbeat of God, the very love of God that he has intimately for you in this day and in this season. I will come and make my home with him. We love Jesus. We keep his word. We love God. We love one another. And we are going, as we are going, we, we make disciples. And it doesn't happen in the building at 11 o'clock. It happens when you're out on the golf course. And you're lining up that putt. Who is there with you? Well, the Holy Spirit, how do you know? Because God said, I made my home with them. When you're in school and the kids are saying, you, you got, to, well, for me, 
Your ears are too big, your feet are too big, your hands are too big, you're too dark, you're too light, you're too dark. When, when the other kids are making fun, no, they're making, not making fun of you. They're making fun of what God has done. And he's right there in the midst of that thing with you. How do you know? Because he said, I'm going to make my home with you. And when you're doing those unlovely things, which you never do, but which the folks in the church down the street do all the time, it, you, when, when you're doing those things that aren't so nice, God is right there. And don't you think the, the Spirit of God sometimes says, what is on their mind? Have they forgotten that I'm here? Have they forgotten that I listen to every word they say? Have they forgotten that I see every time they flip their arm out of the window and does that guy cut them off, right? Have they forgotten that I gave them words for better things than they forgot. Don't you think sometimes God just wonders, what are they thinking? They have my comforter. They have my helper. They have the one who comes alongside to be present. He is on us and he is in us. And today we once again have this opportunity to eat and to drink the very grace of God. The incarnate Jesus in us who comes to make his home with us. He is alive at home in us. We have this treasure in these dusty earth suits. Even now our world is in disarray. Our church is in turmoil. Our planet's wasting away. Our hearts break when we hear some of these reports. Ten more dead. I want you to consider this. Because we love the Lord, because our Father is alive in us through the ministry of Jesus Christ and the Pentecost power of the Holy Spirit, we are the difference between a world that is in distress and a mess and a world that has some redemptive capacity because Christ lives in us and his Holy Spirit empowers us. We are the difference between a world that is completely hopeless and a world in which there is some hope. We are the difference between a planet that's going to hell in a handbasket and a planet that has some redemptive life. Because the Spirit of God uses us to once again breathe life into a lifeless world. Our Father has touched us. He's put his hand on us, given us his abiding spirit so that we may be the difference that the world needs to have a testimony that God is alive. God is alive. God is alive. Lives in us and wants us as we are going to be his witnesses. Our households, places of peace because the spirit is there. Our jobs, uh, should be different because his spirit is on us and in us. Our relationships should be significant because our father is in them as he is in us. Thanks be to God. We are a home for the Lord and we take him as we are going. And our father is at home in all of those places because he is at home in us. So I want to challenge you this morning to press in at even deeper levels to refuse to be babble babblers, saying nothing significant, and to be a Pentecost people, to be a Holy Spirit-empowered people who evidence the presence of God the Father in the earth. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. His Spirit has come and lives in me, and I want you to know 
that he now wants to also live in you. Thanks, Jesus, for your spirit in us as we go forth to represent you in the earth. Make it so, Father. Make it so. The matchless name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in the one true faith unto eternal life.